0: Where are we going? Welcome to this exclusive podcast produced by Spirit Watch Ministries that will show where life in our darkening times is now turning and how you can avoid the detours of deception through the hope of biblical truth. The Lord Jesus in Matthew 24 warned us over two millennia ago and how urgently we need to heed him now. Our host is Pastor Rafael Martinez, a seasoned Northwest Indiana-based minister, intercessor, and counter-cult apologist who will help you discern the journey of change we're all on as the last day of the last days now winds down. For more information, check out our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org now. Here's Pastor Raphael.
1: Hello, thanks for stopping by and for downloading our program podcast entitled Where Are We Going? It's dedicated to exploring that very provocative question about life and our confusing times, which are also getting an awful lot more dark. I'm Raphael Martinez, a minister in the Church of God Cleveland Movement, and I'm glad you took the time to listen in. This podcast is one of the services of Spirit Watch Ministries, an outreach of discernment in our deceptive world that has been ongoing since 1993. You can learn more about us at our website, spiritwatch.org, and keep up to date using our Facebook and YouTube links there on the page as well. There's also our Spirit Watch Unchained blog we've maintained for a few years, where we also provide updates and a lot of other more uh, uh, articles and, and resources. And there's a link to that that's provided on our homepage as well. So, so while you're at it, uh, we'd love it if you'd invite all your friends, uh, your enemies, your dentists, your neighbors, and everyone, all points in between, to also listen in. We're always seeking to to uh, find new audiences, and we appreciate it you so much. Uh, we appreciate it so much if you'd help spread that word. Uh, we just joined both Amazon and Google to help distribute our podcasts, and there's other things we're hoping to do. So uh, please uh, do all you can to let people know and and, and tune in regularly. Download stuff, and, and we're we're just going to keep rolling on. Uh, these do premiere every uh, every Saturday at midnight. That's our goal. Sometimes we even actually make it. So, <laughs> uh, but thanks again. Thanks for 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 stopping by. Now, our podcast is devoted to providing biblical perspectives on the ongoing plunge of the world into the darkness of spiritual deception as foretold by Bible prophecy and the history of fallen humanity. Now, in this week's episode, we want to continue to bring to your attention yet another lamentably all-too-familiar episode in that history, that of the aberrant existence of a megachurch in the Midwest that calls itself the Xenos Christian Fellowship. Uh, until to until uh recently uh that is uh in the year 2020 the church changed its name to the dwell community church and it's a it's a rebrand that took place for reasons that I'm, I'm afraid are going to be soon be quite apparent uh this is you know this is a thing you, you, know, you, you hate they have to discuss but it it, it needs to be shared it, it needs to be raised uh squarely up for public attention you know, there's an awful lot of dark backstory to that uh, movement's growth that can't be ignored, which is why we've been featuring former members to come on the last couple of weeks and provide for us a perspective to this movement's activities that you just won't hear in their slick ad print or their love-bombing fun events. So today, we're welcoming our third guest about that subject onto our podcast, so and Krista, welcome. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming nice. on today.
2: Thanks
1: for having me. I'm so glad that, that you could stop by and, and you, you readily came forward and, uh, offered, uh, to provide this perspective. And We certainly have not gone around being the bushes asking people to do so. That's one thing I want to make clear up front and, uh, a lot of people just, just out of woodwork just started coming everywhere once we had, uh, some, some, uh, feedback from the NBC article, our, our NBC investigative reports and, uh, and NBC got the story because our uh, the producers of our documentary contacted them and asked if they were interested so the documentary is still forthcoming uh we're still in post production on that and we're hoping to have some updates on that real shortly. Uh, so, um, again, we didn't go looking for this, uh, in the sense that, uh, we, we were being the bushes just trying to kind of, you know, get in the audience. Uh, we were contacted and we were asked to look into it by, by a member who I think might end up being on, on the show here with us too. And, um, so I, I appreciate your, your stepping forward and, and, and just, you know, being as open, as transparent as I believe you possibly can be. So you just feel free to share what, what you'd like there. So, so first of all, can you, can you tell us a little more about yourself and, and where you're at, where you're coming from and uh, why you decided you wanted to do this?
2: A little bit of background about me. I grew up about an hour north of Columbus. Um, I didn't grow up Christian at all. Um, it wasn't until I came to Ohio State, um, that I was invited out by someone, um, in Xenos. And, you know, I was really skeptical at first, didn't really want to go. I'd always, like, at that time, I would consider myself a Buddhist, so I didn't really want to go to anything like that. Um, But I, to kind of comment on the love bombing, there was a lot of that in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people just really honing in on you and making you feel like really appreciated in the beginning and wanting to talk to you. Um, So I guess that's probably what really originally brought me in to Xenos. Um,
1: So you had a whole bunch of people at a Xenos event just, just coming on to you and just, just loving on you. Just really just pushing, uh, uh, pushing Xenos basically to try and draw you in deeper. So, uh, and, and what was it about that that really drew you? I mean, yeah, it's love. It's being funny and, and fun and I'm sure light, but there, what was the, the hook, what, what, what was finally caught uh, out of all that uh, deep within you? I mean, you were, if you were considering yourself, a, excuse me, if you were considering yourself a Buddhist, uh, that's quite a quantum leap. How, how did they meet, how did they bridge that gap? <laughs>
2: Um, well, they were just really persistent with reaching out to me. Um, I, at that time, I didn't have a really good relationship sure. with my family. So I think that I was just really vulnerable and wanting to have someone, you know, that would, that would love on me and be like a family to me. So Zenos was kind of there for that. You know, mm. they provided that probably at that time, what I really wanted was right. like connection.
1: Right, right. So they just uh, became the family that uh, you you hope to have, and they and they yeah. represent themselves as you know a place that you can find that refuge. So, so that's that's fully understandable, and that's typically how, how it begins with a lot of people. You know, xenos uh, does appeal to felt needs, and 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 so does any other, however, group that seeks to recruit people, and you know, and that's not altogether wrong. Uh, certainly, uh, having family is, is, is a deeply felt need, a, pro- a profound need, uh, for so many in our fragmented society. Um, but, um, but sometimes, like I said, uh, in the middle of all that, you can get very easily lost in, um, the hunt as opposed to really what, what it's all about, you know? Right. And, uh, so, so, um, so how else did you, uh, how, what were the next steps? What happened? How did you get more involved with them? I mean, love bombing is always the doorway to the long hallway. It's yes. the door to the long hallway of involvement in any movement or any group. And, and especially in something like Xenos, uh, um, that's where it, it really begins. So, so once you, once you began started going, I, I assume you started making friends and making connections. And so, uh, what else did, what else was involving you there?
2: Um, I got invited out. Um, I remember after I ended up accepting Christ, um, I ended up getting invited out to the big beach trip that they had every year. Okay. Um, and that was like a big inclusive thing where, you know, I got to travel. I'd never really been to the beach or swim in the ocean before. So that was like a cool experience that I really wanted to be involved in. And you're just like surrounded. By us people and having like teachings and like, you know, people really wanting to like spend time with you. So it's just, yeah, a yeah. lot of that connection and them really like wanting to bring you in. And, you know, that's before I even really started reading the Bible. And um, that's where they first started encouraging me to like start reading and everything. And I still didn't really quite understand. <laughs> at that time. Right. Um, so it was a lot to take it. Um, mm. And then I started getting invited out to like the girls group that happens because they have like a women's Bible study group. Okay. Um, Which I didn't quite understand because at first the way that it was kind of presented to me made it seem like it was like a wine and cheese night. And then later on I would find out that that's like, it was like their women's Bible study night, but like, that's how they also got me to come out originally for the, the home church Bible study was that it was a potluck and I'm often drawn in by, <laughs> by food. So I was like, ooh, wine and cheese night. And I think actually that first night, um, that I went to the wine and cheese night, um, I brought someone that I was seeing with me at the time. So it was awkward because I showed up at this party full of girls with a guy so
3: mm, okay.
2: I don't think I quite understand I think a lot of people don't quite understand because like I know when I was coming to the potluck I thought it was just you know a potluck I didn't realize there was going to be
1: hmm.
2: you know <laughs> a bible study
1: Yeah. you know it's not wrong to have bible studies and food and all that That's that, that, that's, that's you know nothing wrong with that, but you know, some seems to me sound like you got a little bit of a bait and switch there. Would you agree?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would
3: say.
1: Yeah. So, and uh, that, again, that's what typically happens. And <laughs> when you recruit it, sometimes all that love and all that concern, and all that attention uh, is just a little bit insincere because it's got a motive. It's got a, it's got an agenda somewhere. And uh you might argue it's a good agenda. You're trying to help somebody, but then again, you know, you, I think certainly being upfront and honest with where you're coming from, I think certainly a lot more say there than just doing what they just did. So, yeah. So, um, you began studying the Bible for the, I think for the first time and started reading scripture and hearing their presentations of, of, uh, of the Christian worldview and the gospel there. So, um, what was that like seeing you had, you know, didn't have that, you know, that, uh, that, that background for that. Well, what was that like? How were they presenting it to you in, in a way that, that really connected with you?
2: Um, I think people just like discussing stuff afterwards with me meant a lot to me. Um, <clears throat> because I'm also like, I love learning things. Um, so I think just being able to like study it more and learn more about it because I had never, I just really had resisted it. <laughs>
3: Mm-hmm.
2: being a sure. Buddhist and not wanting to learn much because you know the Christians in my home church or my home church, in my hometown growing up um, I felt like were big hypocrites mm-hmm. and yeah. didn't really actually care about people so this like seemed to be the opposite it seemed like they really cared about people yeah. I remember one of my first kind of sour interactions was it seemed like you know we had talked about mm-hmm. like homosexuality being like wrong and everything and i had mentioned something to like someone who was new and i got chastised for it for saying that you know we don't like homo- like homosexuals but it, they're like you know it's not that we don't like them it's just like i'm biblical
3: hmm.
2: and a lot of other things so like i that was kind of my first sour taste in my mouth because I'd grown up my like next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's gay and like that's just kind of the community that I had always been exposed to, been around. And it just like the way that people had talked gave me the impression that they didn't, they didn't like homosexual individuals.
1: Mm-hmm. So it was um, more of an issue just of the, uh, now this is something you're, you're finding uh within, within your, your first time, your first uh interaction with Xenos. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah. Just from the way that people talk, that's what, you know, like yeah. that's how, what I saw it as. Okay. And I remember I got chastised for that. And I was like, you know, they're like, you shouldn't say that to people. Cause it's going to make them not want to come out. But I was like, but that's what I was experiencing, so
1: I was just yeah. really, you
2: know, right. My experience
1: was it more an issue related to uh, a aversion to inclusion of people of you know different sexualities and and that amongst them, or was it just just personally they just didn't like people i mean it, 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 it's it, it's the classic tension of you know you know quote unquote hating the sinner and and uh, or hating the sin but not hating the sinner i mean what, what, where were they at on that were they more just just being just finding that the people individually were were like revulsive to them and unacceptable to be around and and uh is that is that what do you feel was there with within xenos
2: i mean that's how i felt mm-hmm Okay. I don't, you know, I don't know about everybody, but that's the impression. And there is, and I've talked a lot about this to my husband. There's just this over concentration on like sexuality and like, yeah, people's sexual history in the church.
3: Mm.
2: And like their different experiences, and mm-hmm. like, you know, I remember hearing for like some girls that had like grown up in the church that like they're all, it's almost like they seemed like they were like afraid to have sex because like there was this like you know over concentration on sex and like how it was like such a bad like it seemed like such a bad thing until you like you were married.
1: Yeah. And then suddenly you're supposed to just, you know, go at it, you know, like you're supposed to as as, as a husband and wife after you've been after you've heard about something that's been so shamed in, in your mind, you know, that that, that the act is, is wrong. And uh, it, it's easy to lose that distinction, isn't it?
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and maybe sad for people. I mean, like, you know, I definitely think that people can be over, overly sexualized. And then I feel like, you know, there's extremes. There, there needs to be a middle ground of, like, you know, don't just scare your children into not having sex. <laughs> Sure. Fucking sex. It's sure. not going to work. It's like telling kids that they can't drink, and then they're more likely to drink.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Was this something that you started hearing? I mean, this is just as you're getting more involved with them. uh, Was this something like a tone? I would say that, that was set within the interactions in in home church and and in the Bible study groups. When when if sex came up, was it, it automatically Put it in a negative light of some sort was is that what you're what you're kind of uh, inferring here?
2: It's almost like it was idolized, like it was this like untold thing. Mm-hmm. Like oh, married people get to have that. It's right. like the more that I've studied the Bible and like with my own experiences, like I definitely understand where they're coming from, but I also understand that we are sinful and we're all human like we're following this is why we need the lord and like not everybody has that same experience and some people are exposed to that kind of stuff and like they can try their best but you know people fall into sin and that's not a reason to kick them out of your church
1: right exactly exactly regardless right and and it just seems to me like you're like the third person not you're not the third well you're uh you're, you're the third person we've had on our on our podcast here who has, uh, mentioned that very thing and, and that's just here in the podcast. I've talked to a lot of people. Uh, in the past few months, uh, who've just, just come out of everywhere to kind of, kind of share their stories. And we're <laughs> probably going to be featuring a lot more of those to come, uh, simply because you can't ignore those voices. And, and that seems to be something that they are all saying is that, like you said, it, it, when it came down to discussing iniquity and sin and weakness, uh, sex just seemed to have this, like, this, this, this upper layer, you know, uh, yeah. for really, that, that really just became like, really the the worst thing that could be happening and, and and that was something that it sounds like it was pretty much uh, uh imparted pretty early uh as opposed to you know being a little more uh, perspective about it uh, uh, and that's something that's that's quite that's quite sad because you know at your age, at those ages you're talking about young people who have you know, just come through, 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 growth, they're making their first choices in life, they're starting to, to become adults, uh, they're, they're, they're gaining, you know, uh, their perspective in life, and, and, and this is the sort of subject matter that a group like Xenos wants to just rub in their face, at a time in which they're, you know, they're still putting their own head together about it, where are they standing, what, what, what are they gonna do with themselves, you know, and so, uh, yeah, it just certainly seems like a lot of uh, an awful lot of uh intense uh pressure for something that they probably didn't need to be really involved in as much not to say it's unimportant, but I certainly would agree that that it does sound like it's uh, it's put on the pedestal like it's like it's the the one thing that xenos gets attention if you if you do if you discuss your sexuality your history what you've done then it it gets you on on the carpet real quick and it becomes real public right
2: Yeah, yeah, because when I had (laughs) – when I got kicked out the second time and I tried to come back, (laughs) um, I remember I had been out of the hospital for a a while. um, You know, I was hospitalized for a little while um, for having suicidal ideation. um, Mm. And I tried to come back, and I remember – like I thought I'd just be like everything would be okay. Like I could come back and like be like, look, I'm, I'm doing better. I want to come back. And like I was just kind of looked at as if I was a leper
3: mm.
2: <laughs> and was basically told that I would have to confess everything that had been happening to the whole church men and women, which I wasn't comfortable with.
1: Okay. Confess what you had done Just, wrong and, and everything yeah. like that.
2: Yeah, Like wow. the, what led to me being kicked out and everything else. Which I was like, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to.
1: Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's kind of like the un, the unforgivable sin there. You know, thinking for yourself and uh, saying no to your leaders. It certainly sounds like that's certainly something you you can't do. Get away with in Xenos, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just sorry and
2: it just seems so ironic because like looking back now, like, you know, everybody was always like, you know, they, they put, you kind of said that they put a lot of emphasis on like sexual sin, but it's like, it's almost like, you know, that's like the worst sin than anything else. But, you know, there are people who are drinking and there are people who smoke like a lot of people who I knew who didn't even really smoke. Once they got into Xenos, they started like smoking cigarettes, like crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like vaping, vaping was really big when I was in Oh yeah. Yeah. and like cursing and like cursing while you're like praying. Um, <laughs> and now when I go to church, you know, I really like to reserve that time for God. And I try not to be, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know like cursing is just so different from what like the Lord really calls us to do, yeah,
1: and what and and one of the things that amazes me is like you said is is this is how this whole thing about sexuality becomes like like the major major uh Thing to focus on when it comes to discipline. I mean, what about the things, uh, you know, the more prosaic, the more ordinary things like uh, like hating people or having jealousy or being greedy or being lazy? Uh, what about those sort of things? Now, I, I understand, you know, in, in Xenos it, you're ultimately led towards living with people and being around them and and as, and as they call it, one anothering together. You know, uh, getting together and 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 being in real close, intimate, tight circles where everybody does stuff together and everybody shares things together, and and, and all your experiences and all your friends and all your socialization—it's all done within a smaller group. So, and I do know. Look, like 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 you mentioned, we're all we're all people in need of a savior. You know, we are we are all weak people. So uh, and our dark side, our fallen side, is going to come out, and 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 frequently, you know, in interpersonal uh, rivalries and and issues and differences, that comes out, and uh, so. Uh, so Xenos didn't really focus as much on the, that kind of thing I, it sounds like as opposed to really focusing on making sure you're there, making sure your attendance is there, making sure you're inviting people, making sure you're doing all you can to make the group more cohesive and, and, and seem so obe- and, and make yourself more obedient to them as opposed to what I would think is the most important thing as becoming more like Christ.
2: Yeah, well, and, and that's, a, that's the other thing is there's just so much, like, time consumption by it that you don't really have time for, for anyone else.
3: Mm-hmm. So I
2: had friends and friendship and, like, family members that, like, you know, would mention to me that it just did not really seem like I had time for them. And then I felt like pressure to try and get them to accept Christ, which I I do think it is important for like my family to know God. Mm. Um, but I also, you know, I I know that some of my friends are like, Oh gosh, I don't know if I wanna hang out with Krista anymore because she's every time I try and hang out with her, she's trying to invite me out to this, mm. this yeah.
1: stuff. it it sounds like you just can't be yourself among family and friends who aren't involved. You just always have to have this hook in you. Just this, 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 this driving, uh, coercion, uh, 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 no wrong word This driving compulsion to reach out and get them involved. And, and that's, and that's, that's something that again was another tone that was struck pretty quickly, I guess, within the time you were there, just starting out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little more about, okay, you guys started getting involved, uh, you you started doing home Bible studies, and uh, was at any point, did you ever actually, uh, make the big jump to actually live in a ministry house, or, or how, how did you proceed uh, with, with your, with your time there?
2: Um, I think after I, like, everyone always talking about being, like, it just seemed like the thing to do, so I had asked, I remember I had asked, like, you know, what does it take to move in? And, um, you know the rules were like laid out to me. Like, here's what the expectations are. Um, so once it, I finally got in, it just felt like, you know, oh, sorry, it's
3: okay.
1: She has a voice too.
2: <laughs> um, that's okay. So you know, I just felt like you finally get in with the in crowd because like you weren't really in unless you were in with the in crowd and moved into a ministry house. So, you know, I felt like there was a, you know, it wasn't like people said you had to move into the ministry house. They never said you had to move into a ministry house, but there's kind of that unknown precedence there to move into the ministry
1: house. It's like a social strata then. Yeah so you you really were moving ahead you really were were hip if you uh were like really one another and just being together in, in that in that yeah. context so so uh after you did so then uh uh can you can you share uh how that went who you le- can you share who you perhaps uh you don't have to even identify it if you don't want to but uh what leadership groups you were in and what you're involved with and then how long that uh how long you're actually uh, with that
2: Um, yeah, so I was part of Home Church United or HCU, um, Home Church, and I was part of Rogue. Um, those were like the two main ones that I was really involved with, uh,
3: because
2: there was just so many, like, that was the other thing, it's like, your home church would split and then all of a sudden, you know, everybody's crying because you don't really hang out with those people anymore. It's like emotional. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh no, it's really good because we're like growing," but then it's like, you know, don't hang out with this other home church too much because, like, this is still your this is your home church now, so you really need to invest in these relationships. So it's like, that's weird. These are still my friends. I still want to yeah. <laughs> hang out with them, and you know, like at one point, one of the ministry houses I was living in, there was eleven other girls, so there was twelve of us all together living in the same house. And Mm -hmm. I knew like our leaders were having a hard time sometimes getting a house because like some of the landlords started to get smart to to Xenos. Like they knew that there was gonna be more people. Mm -hmm. So they were kind of leery. And also ministry houses were this is the one thing that I remember I brought up to leadership is like I don't like the the way that um people treat their ministry houses like they'd just be trashed and like, you know, you'd have home church and there'd be trash everywhere and like people would be like rough housing and they'd break stuff and it's like Wow. Yeah. You know, I feel like <laughs> like the Lord asks us like I know that it's a simple world, but the Lord asks us to take care of the things that we have and it doesn't right. seem like people were really taking care of things and another thing when I lived in a mystery house, like people would take your food or like use your stuff without asking. Mm.
3: Um,
2: would there'd be like chore charts and like people would have to do chores and if they didn't do the chores they could get fined. So like some people were okay with just getting fined. Well the person who had to do the chore next, like if there was dishes, like it got double the amount of work. Mm. Right. So just like little things like that that really are <laughs> me. Right.
1: Well, it sounds like stewardship of, of <laughs> sounded like something that needed to be certainly more focused on. I mean, I mean that's part of, of of character. You know who you are. You know, knowing that you're responsible for living with other people in arrangement like that is why you're supposed to be there. I mean. Uh, aren't there supposed to be like uh, uh, covenants or pledges you sign documents uh, on paper yes. that, you, that you're gonna all share together uh, and, and and be living together I mean don't they don't they uh, cite those <laughs> don't be, I guess people just figure it's just another, another form to sign you know a lot a lot of college students in their defense just typically get a lot of papers to sign you know so <laughs> but yeah. uh, but really it, it just came down to that people, just seemed to be pushing the limits on that, right? They just, the envelope was, was something that they feel they could push and, and almost do as they please in, in that, until the whip got cracked. Yeah. Oh. I would agree with you. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, uh, as you went on then, you, you're involved with those groups and, uh, um, what were some of the good things about about, I mean, we. I, I don't want to be accused of, of being just here to, to monkrate because that's not my concern. I'm just yeah. here to have truth told. But you know, I do know in any in any in any instance where people are are in movements like this that end up becoming things they need to leave from. There's there's never always if ne- nothing's ever entirely always evil. Uh, there's yeah. always really some some good things about. What what were some of the good times that I think you you, you probably uh, saw or shared and and uh, experienced there?
2: Um, you know, um, I'm still, um, you know, I think you and I have talked about this. I am glad that Zenos uh, brought me to know God and gave me that relationship with Him. You know, they they sparked what would eventually become a fire for the Lord and I have a great community of women that I'm involved with now. Um, thanks to them, um, that are, aren't part of Zenos, but they're part of my church that I'm part of now. And I'm just, I am really glad that I have the Lord in my life and I do still, um, talk to my old discipler. Um, you know, she's one of the only people from the church that still talk to me. Um, mm-hmm. I still like love and care her about her a lot. And I know that she cares a lot about me too. Sure. Mm-hmm.
3: Um,
2: You know, she still texts me. I know she's going through a lot right now for herself personally, but I still, you know, I told her like, I love her and I miss her. And like, I'm still here for her. So, yeah. you know, she's always been someone who I still care a lot about in my life. Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: So there was community, obviously, and of course, you know, uh, there was faith that was brought into your life, and 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 uh, faith centered around that community. Um, yeah. So those are those are not bad things, and and that's and again, that's not the issue we're here to fault, but it, it is sadly some of the things that have gone on beyond that. As I said, the uh, um, the dark backstory to all that that unfortunately has made Xenos uh, out to be what it really I really see it is if it's not a cult as i tell as i say to people if it's not a cult then it's definitely an abusive church because it seems to be devoted to perpetuating uh the dynamics within it that uh that that make things so intolerable for people and uh as i've shared in the past we're not interested in burning it down we just like to see it change uh, i would like i would love to see that process start but i, I have no I have no illusions. I'm not holding my breath at this point. So, uh, yeah. but who knows though, you know, God's bigger than, than either them or us. So, um, so anyway, uh, while you were, there, some of those good things uh, that you felt were needful for you, that, that enriched you, that that helped you make who you are now, uh, what were some of the other things that unfortunately for you uh, began to like really become, as I mentioned last week, the bumps in the road? Uh, what were some of the things that really began for you not really, uh, or that began for you? Let me, let me rephrase that. What were some of the things that you began to experience and see and note while you were in Xenos that really began to, uh, not add up? That were beginning to really s- help you to really think about reconsidering your involvement there or getting a new perspective on it?
2: Um, well, Xenos would, I feel like a lot of people know them also for, like, their parties. They would throw these huge parties. And, like, I remember people would get, like, like, there was all these people and there would be drinking and, you know... They're like, oh, don't expose the high schoolers to this stuff, but then they wouldn't, like high schoolers would get invited because they're, they would intermingle like high schoolers with college kids and like, that's kind of on them, I feel like.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: For, for bringing in high schoolers to mix and like hang out with college students. Yeah. Like that's a natural thing, like yes, guess what everybody? College students drink. <laughs> mm-hmm. and if you bring out high schoolers to their parties you know they're going to be exposed they're hanging out with these kids in college who they may think are like really cool so they'll start to idolize them they'll see them drinking they'll see them smoking they'll see them cursing and think that's like you know that's what I want to do and I saw that when I was in there and um I just you know I understand like high school ministry and like but I also didn't think that, like, bringing high schoolers to hang out with college students was an okay thing to do yeah. in my mind. Yeah. It just, like, seemed kind of inappropriate.
1: And I'm sure human nature being what us it, it possibly became inappropriate. I'm not going to infer anything, but, you know, at the same time, I've heard more than enough stories about how high schoolers were, would come to these parties and were and were allowed to drink and get involved yeah. with things. And that, uh, that, you know, that the drunkenness would ultimately, you know, possibly come over a lot of people. And then, you know, when you, when you get drunk at a party, look, you just do stupid things. I don't care what, <laughs> you can hold a Bible in your lap and still cuss like a semen, you know? <laughs> it's, right. it just, it's just how it is. Uh, you know, I, you know, I've been in ministry for a long time. I've been, I'm, I'm, I'm of a certain age. I'm 62. I like, look, I look, just, it's just. Something you expect, I think things are just going to go south when you start drinking and and other things. So, what what else did you see? I mean, what perhaps in your own perspective, in your own experiences? I mean, you you mentioned the fact that you had an opinion that wasn't uh often welcome Apparently, you you seem to hold minority opinions uh for lack of a better word that 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 kind of rubbed people the wrong way and, and what were those, some of those minority opinions about that that kind of really uh upset the uh, the apple cart there among leaders and the groups
2: um you know they had training classes that I would uh for like their leaders and this is something my husband and I have talked about. Their leaders were all still kids for the most part. They were like younger people. You know, they were and not to say that people can't lead other people, but now having more mature older Christians in my life, I think I see why like I have a pastor now that I go to. I see why, you know, I have these older women in my life. Whereas like I would have leaders that were younger than me, and they would sometimes they even like talk down to you because like you know you're not married, so or you, you know, this that or the other. So they kind of would talk down to you, but it's like you're younger than me.
1: <laughs> yeah. So they were and, they were more peers as opposed to being you know, mentors. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, that's that's pretty bad. I mean, you know, the, I believe there's a verse in the Bible somewhere about how. Uh, those who want to say to be bishops are not to be novices, lest they be lifted up in temptation. Unfortunately, that's what it sounds like was going on there.
2: Yeah. And it, it just makes me, makes me sad, you know, because, um, kind of going back like on the homosexuality thing, one of my, one of my best friends, um, now she's bisexual. Mm-hmm. And, um, I still love her, and it doesn't mean I'm gonna be any less of a friend to her and I know for them it wouldn't be any less, but I'm sure that if I was still in Zenos, I really wouldn't hang out with her, or I'd just be constantly like bombing her with like scripture as to why she shouldn't be dating a girl right now.,
3: mm-hmm. yeah.
2: so I'd be lifting her son up above mine, and that's that's another thing that I just you know I just lifting other people's sin up Mm. in front of everybody and you know like we would have our prayer meetings and it'd be like oh this happened and it'd be like something really personal about someone and I was like oh maybe we shouldn't you know maybe that's between like you guys and maybe you should just say like there's a lot of stuff going on in their life yeah or not like I the one year at the beach trip, I I don't know if anyone's talked about this, but the one year that I went, someone died. Mm. Um, they drowned. And was that crazy? That was. was I that... didn't know him. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, but a lot of people accepted Christ because of that. And like, yeah, I you know that like you need to like look on the good side of things, but also like. People were being irresponsible, I and mean, we need to talk about why this was bad. You know, we won't, I mean, it's good to talk about the things that, like, yes, people accepted Christ because of this, but, like, a kid died, and that's crazy. Oh.
1: So well, how did he die? What ha- was? It, I mean, what happened? I mean, was it something where uh he was asked to come? or kind of felt he needed to come because that's what was expected for a leader to really grow. I mean, how were the circumstances that got him there to that point?
2: I mean, like if you're involved him? in Xenos, like a pretty like consistent member, it was pretty much expected that you should go on the beach trip. Um, that way you can have like more intimate fellowship time with people. And, there was warnings. I remember there was tons of warnings, like, saying, like, don't go out in the water. The rip tides are really strong. And a bunch of guys, you know, still went out anyway and were out swimming around. And he got pulled under. Um And, unfortunately, he ended up passing away because yeah. he got pulled under for so long that I think they tried to, like, revive him. It was, like, a whole thing. And people were like, yeah, but, like, a bunch of people accepted Christ because of this. And I was just like, so, yeah, that's good that people accepted Christ, but someone lost their life because you were letting people be irresponsible at the beach. I know that mm-hmm. we can't control people, but you need to, like, maybe you guys should have hammered it in more to these, instead of just letting the guys kind of go crazy. Like, you should have been like, hey, it's dangerous out there.
1: Yeah. So who, who leads these things? I mean, who, who organize? Okay, I'm glad you bring this up. Who brings to events like that? Uh, uh, how is it structured? Who's the leadership? Who's the answering, pre, who are the people that answer directly to, uh, from, from Xenos? I mean, Xenos is, is organizing these things and they say, yeah, it's all voluntary, but, but see, they still had a hand in organizing to, to begin with. I mean, who's, who is, be, uh, how is it structured? Uh, uh How are student leaders involved? Can you, get, can you give me some kind of uh, a background on that? Because to me, that's, like you said, a very, very important point. You think if you're in you're a place where leadership is being curried and being uh, cultivated, that that sort of thing would be in place, that there certainly would be a lot more accountability for that. But it doesn't seem like, no, it's not.
2: Yeah. I mean – so you have like spheres and it's all like unless you're really into it it's like my husband was not I guess I always say it's not as in as far as I was mm-hmm. um so he didn't really understand like the spheres because so like there's like groups so there's like young adult adult um college high school middle school ministries and then within each of those you have your different spheres that are run by like more senior leaders Okay. But still, some of those senior leaders were, you know, still only like maybe in their late twenties, early thirties. So they still weren't like older. Like one of them was like Dennis McCallum, who every time that I went to like a central teaching, which is where like multiple home churches get together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like here, like a, a senior sphere leader teach, um, he just always sounded really <laughs> kind of like off his rocker to me. <laughs> like I, I remember I got, I got a little chastised a few times of being like, he's weird. There's something weird about him. And they're like, oh no, that's just Dennis. That's just how Dennis acts. And I'm like, mm, that's no, there's yeah. something off about that. Right. And then, you know, You had your spheres, and then your spheres um, would have, like, their different CT mixes, which I just said, like, the central teaching where, like, a certain group of home churches would get together um, for a bigger teaching. And then you would have your home church, and then your home church had your ministry houses. And sometimes your home church had multiple ministry houses, like two girls or two boys' houses, because there's, like, so many people in it. Um, and that's really how the structure got broken down. But the really? leaders were pretty much, to me, the leaders were kids. Mm-hmm. The People who really, they the leaders were people who, and I don't, not that you need to go to theology school to know the Bible, but I think that it definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think, like, you can teach people all you want your interpretation of the Bible, but I think it's good to go and, like, you know, I did like that, you know, someone like Josh Benidom, I think, was going to, like, theology school. So he knew, like, some of the Greek behind it. And, like, some of the other, like, teachers knew Greek. But, like, for the most part, the, the teachers that were teaching most of the stuff, like, the women's nighttime time or the men's group study or, like, the home church teaching, which is where I feel like most people, if they're being exposed to and saw, those were kids. Those are kids teaching kids.
3: Mm-hmm. What
2: they had been taught is their interpretation, you know, of the Bible. Right. And there are certain, like, uh, you know, translations that were only encouraged. Like the NASB, you know, they're like, oh, don't read the King James. It's so outdated. Um, you know, but it's in, like, you know, don't read Revelation. Um, because Revelation, you know, is, like, just beyond. And there's just, like, a lot of stuff in there that you're just not going to understand. And, like, or don't read this or don't read that. So there was, like, emphasis on certain things that, you know, that way they can mold you into believing what they believed.
3: Right. And right. My,
2: I know my husband got chastised for that and because um, he only <laughs> reads, reads King James. Bible (laughs) it's a little bit beyond me sometimes um but the Lord has gifted him with a, a good understanding of that and I remember that he got in trouble for like bringing or like pointing stuff like that out of being like well actually if you know like the Greek behind it then it doesn't mean that um and I guess, like he said, like teachers would come up to him afterwards and be like, "Well, you're not wrong," but also, like, don't bring that up because, like, that's not what we're teaching.
1: <laughs> so well, he, was, funny so, we, so he would affirm biblical truth correctly, and they affirmed him privately. But then they also told him, "But, but, but, but don't show us up no more." Yeah. Wow! Unbelievable! <laughs> wow. So, so really what you have, and, and these teachers that, that he would, that he would correct were the, were these are the same, these are the same people, the same uh, demographic, the same uh, maturity level that you just mentioned. They were all peers. Uh, they were young yeah. people in, that were, they were in their twenties or, you know, and, 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 and just, and just really had very limited life experience, had very limited, uh, time in, in understanding and interpreting scripture for a Bible study to direct people's lives. And yet you got these young people involved with this, and these are the same ones that led uh the uh the beach trips, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: So there were no senior leaders like somebody in the forties or somebody, somebody who's been in the church for a while that go on these trips. They just give them a give them a charge card and and uh, and tell them just just go on, take off, have fun. Oh, by the way, let's let's keep let's keep building the church. Just keep getting people numbers up. Yeah. That's what it sounds like, and that's why there was no oversight. There was no, uh, well, no, there was, let me just say this, there was limited oversight, apparently, at these, at these functions, which allows some of the, these, the craziness to go, which up to and sadly included, uh, the loss of life.
2: Yeah. Wow. You know, and it's maybe a bad comparison, but it's almost kind of like Lord of the Flies.
3: Mm. Where you have a bunch of
2: kids leading kids. And, you know, like, obviously, there's always someone that's going to take more so leadership. But, you know, people with limited knowledge or limited exposure can only have so much experience. And that's the experience that they're going to go off of. That's the thing that they've been taught. And, like, to them, this seems like, you know, the best thing that they're doing for you. And, like, maybe in their mind, that's what they're thinking. but. Without having, you know, even like the Bible mentions that like older women need to teach younger women. So like having, you know, it was just all kids. Like now having like older believers in with me who have that experience, it, and maybe they don't think this, but it really does. It makes a difference.
1: It surely does. Absolutely. It's foundational. To Christian formation, that 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 somebody who is more experienced teaches someone who is not. That's what discipleship is. You know, you you sit under someone who in who leads you in the name of Jesus to become a become more like Christ by his example. But not everybody can do that if they're all at the same level. You know, you got to have somebody pulling somebody else up. That's just how it is. It's it's not a bad thing to do. I'm not saying people who do it are wrong. But, you know, I mean, th- this is what my degree is. And I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a minister who has studied and has degreed in Christian education and biblical studies. And this is what I've, you know, one of the things, the foundational things you learn really quickly is that, uh, you, like, like you said, if you have a group of people um, of the same age and, 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 and there's no clear leadership, you know, the group's never going to rise any higher than the highest person. And if that yeah. highest person is appointed and isn't necessarily experienced or gifted to lead, then you got a problem. You got some very serious problems that, that can come up really quickly. And unfortunately, that's what you're telling me and that's what we've been hearing. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm, sadly, it, uh, it costs some lives and that's, I think that's a pretty, pretty serious thing to do. So, so you began seeing these things and, uh, so what were, what were, well, what, at, the, at that point, um what, what was at the point in which you began really realizing that uh, you know maybe you just need to reconsider your involvement here altogether? What was the point at which you, in which, as they say, uh, the straw uh, broke your back?
2: Um, so I, I got kicked out twice. I'll be really frank with you. It was over a sexual sin, um, and um, after being kicked out the first time. I have really dealt with bad anxiety and depression my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, So after after the first time of being kicked out, my depression just really went through the roof, and I ended up having to be hospitalized for suicidal ideation the first time during that time. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe only two people came and visited. Because, like, I was still pretty heavily involved. Only two people came and saw me when I was in the hospital. Mm. Uh-huh. And my, the hospital that I was at was like not even five minutes away from like our ministry house. So it's mm-hmm. not like, you know, I was, I was far away or any or inaccessible. People knew where I was and, mm-hmm. um, people didn't come and see me. And that really, that really hurt knowing that like I was in a time. Of need, and here are these people who are like basically my so called family, you know my biblical family and my my closest good friends, and they're not coming to see me yeah.
3: do
1: do you think it's because that you had that stigma, that scarlet letter I mean she sexually sinned, so therefore you know she needs she needs to just kind of reap what she's sown is that kind of is that kind of like an underlying thing for that? Do you think for for so many people that 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 have these struggles break down and are never contacted by those zenos?
2: You know? Yeah, one well, like I remember the first time someone um got kicked out. Um, I I remember asking about that, and and the verse that was brought up to me was, you know, um. If there are any, like, among you who, like, are bad for the flock, then you need to, like, cast them out. And that it's, like,
3: good for them.
1: Expel the, the, yeah. Expel the immoral brother, yeah. Yeah, but, but see, there's, again, there's a fine line there between expulsion for someone who's absolutely stubbornly refusing to be, you know, to, to square up, and someone who's just going to continue to flaunt their sin, as opposed to those who struggle. I mean, yeah. you know, a man and a you know, young man, young woman, they're, they're together, they love each other, hormones get the best of them, and they make bad choices that perhaps probably be best not done, and they fall into what they do, and then afterwards, you know, uh, they realize that, and, and you, you think, well, shouldn't you just be you know allow what the Bible says to come to true come come to pass? I mean the Bible says in one John one nine, if you if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God's willing to forgive, it soon seen us is not. Yes. And it just seems like that's a whole thing there. You know, for yeah. people who are so into the Bible about and talk about grace, they really don't show it.
2: And how can you reclaim to really love
3: someone,
2: and just completely abandon them, and act—you know—like as if you're
3: strangers.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Family. What well, what happened? To all that love bombing. You know, what happened? To all that love you were showing when you when you when you opened the door for the first time. I and mean, everyone just loved on you and showed you how great this was. And all of a sudden, it just—it kind of dries up, doesn't it? It's, it sounds like it just yeah. did, like the ad print faded. And, uh, I'm I'm so sorry to hear that 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 happened. So, uh, and I can understand, uh, why, why suicide somehow came into your mind that somehow that you felt like that was the best you could expect in life. And maybe you, maybe you were bad. Maybe you needed to off yourself. That's, that's yeah. certainly not a, of nothing I would agree with, but, but I understand why people just, listen, I've been in the ministry for a long time. I, I, I get it. People really struggle with things and sometimes they're overcome by that. And I'm sorry that, uh, wasn't your, yeah. I'm sorry that you were not, uh, more cared for. That's certainly not the way, uh, biblical Christianity should be functioning. So, so, uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. i am keeping it up. Um,
2: there's just, this... You know, there was like that thought of, well, if the people who said that they love me don't love me and they're God's people, am I really lovable? Mm, and maybe yeah. if I were to pass away, you know, I I could go be with God and I would finally be accepted again. Because that's the only re- redemption that I could have. Because if all these people who are supposed to exemplify God's love aren't loving me anymore am I really a person? Does God really love me? Cause these are God's people. So I know that for me, that was my, that my, that was my mindset. I, I've, I feel so hurt. And like, obviously I'm not good enough to serve the Lord in this world that yeah. I'm just going to go be with him. And of course that's, that's not the truth. Like God wants, yeah. I want to let anyone know now that listens, like if you're struggling, God doesn't want that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He loves you. Amen. And He put you on this earth for a reason. And I'm sorry to the people that, because of Zenos, have lost their faith. Right. Um, unfortunate. Unfortunately for me, sorry now. Unfortunately fortunately for me, um, it only made my relationship with the Lord even stronger.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that is what, now that's what life experience does. It it brings you into, into it, into a, uh, a moment of, of encounter with God. You, and, and you, and you learn more of his nature and of his love and regard and concern and, and his holiness and his justice. It's, it's all there. Uh, and we are led into that through these things. Unfortunately, Zenos, in spite of itself, does help people, but it's certainly not so it's unfortunate too many times, it's, 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 uh, like I said, in spite of itself, you know, uh, people are getting an approximation of help, but not really the kind of really deep, intensive, uh, transformative help that is positive for them, so.
3: Yes.
2: Um, so, uh, when you have kids leading kids, the other thing that kind of, that I forgot to bring up is, you know, A, things become kind of clicky. And B,
3: mm, yeah. <laughs> I saw
2: a lot of people the thing that really bothered me is like if someone got kicked out, like removed from the church, or if they left, people would just make fun of them. Mm, yeah. And, or and like talk bad about them. And I'm like, that was someone that you you said was like that you loved and now you're you're questioning if they were saved mm-hmm. and you know, you're like or like people who would end up getting married to the person maybe that they fell into sexual sin with. They're like, Oh, well at least they're not in sexual sin anymore. Like that really bothered me.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like you yeah. should be happy that they, they righted them in your eyes. You should be happy that they righted themselves with the Lord and they got married to that
1: person. Right. Wow. Unreal. Yeah. That's, that's, that's totally understandable. That's what goes on over and over. And that's, like I said, something we've been, we've been highlighting. So, so at the moment you were, okay, you said you're kicked out twice. What was the moment in which you in which you decided that that you needed to leave, you needed to get out of there? What 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 led you up to that point, and 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 how did it happen?
2: So I think after the second time of being removed and then trying to come back, when um, I was told I needed to, you know, let everyone know why I had been kicked out and my whole home church, men and women, Okay. Um, that I was like, <laughs> I can't do this. Mm. This isn't for everybody to know. This isn't fair.
3: Okay.
1: So that was the moment. That was the breaking point in which they said, okay, you're going to come back until you tell everybody exactly what you did with who and for how long and whatever it was. and confess yeah. all that gory sin. <laughs> uh out to a mixed company of all people not 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 even not even a, a disciple to a whole bunch of people are supposed to become the you know the your your peers uh so that really what was it for you what, and that you so you, you didn't go back and uh what happened after that how how did you how did you handle all that
2: um so it was wow. all really sensitive still after that for a while, and it took me a little while to go back and and find a new church, but I knew like in my heart like I knew um, that i needed that I needed god yeah. that that was the thing for me i know I know that's not everybody's thing, but in that time i it just felt like there was an emptiness, and I just remember the first time going back to church after that um I went um, to a friend's church and I just sat there and I wept after the service because it it felt so good to be back at a church. And I remember this, this woman who I still don't know who she was at that time came up to me, saw me crying after the service and just sat and was like, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what's going on and I don't know why you're hurting. She's like, but I just I just wanna pray with you. And that was that was at Life Point church. Um and that's the women's Bible study group that I still and still close with everybody there. Um I don't go to that church anymore, but that church really brought me back into the Lord and I just I wept because and these women have affirmed me since then that like, you know. You, you are a woman after God's heart. And like, just because you, you've fallen and just because you have sin doesn't, you know, s- separate you from the Lord. And I, I, you know, even when I was in Zenos and it's still my favorite verses, Romans eight thirty eight, thirty nine. 39, you know, like
3: mm-hmm.
2: it, it lists all this stuff and, and nothing can separate you from the love of the Lord. Right. Nothing can separate you from Christ.
3: Absolutely. Right.
2: And you know i've had this overwhelming support from from older women in the church that are like okay yeah like you may have fallen but like you get up and you you know you talk to god about this and mm-hmm. you know it's not like you're purposely like being alright against god like you're human
1: right exactly Exactly.
2: And I just, I remember I just sat there with this group of like older women because I was like, well, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not good enough for God. And they're like, no, you are. And I just, I just broke down and just wept.
3: Yeah.
2: And it, it was so, so good. To know mm-hmm. that like, just yes, because Phoenix yes. didn't yes. think that I was good enough for God or to walk in his path doesn't mean I'm actually not good enough to walk in, in the Lord's path.
1: Amen. Yep. So true. Cause as I've said often, you know, I am reminded of the fact that, and, and, and being this is Holy Week, Uh, we need to be reminded every now and then that we are people in still need of a savior and uh, and and that salvation as Jesus said comes through no other way except by knowing him he said I am the way the truth the life no man comes to the father except by me there's no room for Zenos in there is it Yeah. yeah There's absolutely none there. there. There's no, no church, no man, no apostle, no spear leader, nobody. No, no one has room in that verse anywhere except, except Christ. He is the beginning and the end of everything. And I am so glad to hear that uh, a bunch of good women who who, who love God were able to communicate that so well to you. 'Cause that and, and that's what people need to hear. That's that's what the good news of the gospel is, you know. <laughs> we are people in need of a savior and we have a savior ready to be that for us if we will just let him and allow nice. him to, to lead us. So uh well I am so grateful that you've had that uh you had that walk, that redemptive walk, because so many people don't walk there. So many people don't yeah. ever get to, <laughs> they get into the door, they get into the door, they get through the doorway, they get into the hallway, and they stay trapped in that, in that Byzantine maze that Xenos leaves people in, even after they maybe physically left. Uh, as I often say, you know, sometimes you can get out of a cult, but you can't get the cult out of you and and only and only God can do that you know and 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 he can and he will and uh so well is there anything else perhaps i think maybe on your heart or mind you'd like to share with people there uh, about your journey out and uh, your journey your journey in your journey out and and where you maybe there's something or you maybe would like to say to someone who's who's listening who might be in Xenos, who's been hearing all these things and and really their hearts probably beating a lot faster now. They're probably swallowing hard, and 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 they're seeing it, that 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 they've been where you are. Is there something maybe friends or family you maybe would like to share with people as 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 we as we wrap things up here?
2: Um, you know, honestly, I'm not sure I keep saying it. I know, Zenos isn't God, and I know that they meanwhile. And they want to, they want to really love people. Um, but God is God. And you really need to read the scriptures for your own really deep, deep, dive deep into what God has for you because there, there's so much more. And if you're thinking about leaving, then leave. And just because you leave the you it know, doesn't mean you can't still have a relationship with the Lord. And it doesn't mean that you can't have this wonderful life. Um, you know, God has given me so much. And, you know, you don't always have to struggle alone. Those of you with depression or anxiety, you know, God is good, but God also gave us other people and mm. medication for a reason. <laughs> mm. So don't feel ashamed if you need to take medication for help. And now that God's going to keep being there for you. Mm -hmm. um, He provided me with a wonderful husband and now an amazing daughter. Um, God is just full of miracles and he's going to keep on loving you. And even though you feel like you don't want anything to do with God, he's still there for you. And he's never going to give up on you. Right. And to the, to the people in Xenos, like, there's no hard feelings. I'm I'm glad that they, they brought me to Christ. Um, I'm sad for what happened and that people will think that it's not okay to still talk to people after they're not in Xenos anymore. But there are those of us out there that aren't part of Xenos that are truly following the Lord and getting a lot accomplished for him.
3: Right.
2: God
1: God is so good. Amen to that. He surely is. And that's what the season's all about, the season of hope, you know. Uh we're, we're to carry a cross to glorify God, but the cross should be his that he puts on our shoulders. He's he says, I have a burden for you that's light. My burden is easy, my yoke is, is light. And uh in stark contrast to anything Xenos might say or do, it the Lord's burden is certainly so much better. And uh I'm so glad that you you, you found that and, and that so many others are still groping for that. Um and I, I appreciate your time and thank you so much uh for for, uh, for taking our phone call and for sharing as you have. Uh thank you so much again, uh Krista. It's it's been a blessing. And uh I thank you so much it's for cool. uh for sharing with us today. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening today as we explore just where are we going? prayer is that you have been encouraged and strengthened and if necessary challenged in your daily journey through life. Jesus is coming. You can fall with the night or you can rise with the sun. The choice is yours. You can email us with questions and comments at feedback at spiritwatch.org. And if you need urgent personal spiritual help, email us at help at spiritwatch.org we look forward to hearing from you. Please follow our podcasting at our Facebook page and our website at spiritwatch.org. This podcast is a production of Spirit Watch Ministries, taking heed that no man deceives you.